Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Unshackled Liberty. This is Q, the abolitionist. What's up? This is Crypto Gumbo. We've got Sal, the agorist, on today. He got a new book out. And so we're going to be doing a book review. We're going to talk to him a little bit about what, what's, what's he got in that book. And I mean, I haven't read it. I mean, you guys know I can barely read it all. So what about you? What, what's that? Reading? Book? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you lost me. Yeah, man. Sal's been a good, a good friend of the show. He, he doesn't mind coming on and He's got a new book, man. That dude's all over the place. He's all over the place. The only books, the only books that I read have, you know, come with crayons. Yeah. But, uh, Dr. Yeah. Seuss. So without further ado, here we go. Sally Agoras. here we're here with sal what's up man what's up guys how are you what's up buddy real good real good hey thanks for joining us again um i mean we were on with like just a few weeks ago when we talked about altcoins and uh and now we're now we're talking about your book i i saw um i think you mentioned it in passing that you had a book going on and i just kind of like uh oh that's great you know Eh, that's nice. And then I just saw and then books, I, you know, yeah, and then, yeah, just cool. Ain't and, no then, thing. and then I saw, then I saw a post, I think, or, a, a you know, you shared something on Instagram with that. And I was like, Holy smokes, my man did publish a book. So let's, let's talk about that. Anti-politics, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the book. Um, anti-politics. It uh, is a collection of different essays and articles that sort of, draw together agorist theory and the whole idea of like anti-politics the one common thread that all of the authors have all of the, the the selections have is that they all reject political participation in favor of direct action and a lot of these guys a lot of these um authors are old school so like uh ben tucker um murray bookchin all sorts of these guys and uh my hope, my my goal is to try to show how all of these sort of what is known as left libertarianism, left anarchism, is really the common tie that binds all these thinkers together is a rejection of political participation. And all of that, all these ideas culminate in uh, Konkinian counter-economics or, or agorism. And that's that's what I'm hoping to show in the book. So if I read this, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I can't read, you know, I can't read it all, you know, but uh, you know, if I, if I, if I teach myself how to read and then I read this, will it make me feel bad about being involved in the libertarian party and the Mises caucus? Yes. Yes. It will. No, okay. it won't make you feel bad. But <laughs> it, it'll, it'll convert you very quickly. Well, okay. That's the goal. That's huh? actually, I might, I might just, honestly, that, that's half the reason that I decided to write the book is because when they blocked me on social media, I was like, how am I going to reach these kids? You know? So I had to like, <laughs> 
who wait who's they who blocked you on social media oh the mises Cargas. did they really oh yeah they blocked me i'm yeah they know i'm all blocked on all counts yeah so so what did you do exactly to deserve such such harsh treatment <clears throat> i said it was i said the libertarian party if i remember correctly i said the mises caucus is a circle jerk for real libertarians to dunk on fake libertarians and to celebrate meaningless victories. And they didn't like that, so they blocked me. Well, I think it's more of a... Um, I mean, it's not the purpose of, the, of, this, of this chat, but, but, but uh, I, think it's, I think you're probably pretty close to right, you know? Like, as, as, a, as, a, as a member... Of the of the Mises Caucus, my you know I'm probably not going to win a lot of friends when I say this. My my goal is to uh, just help with a radical voice for freedom with no expectation of having any political imp impact. You know, yeah, <clears throat> um, dude, this no. book is for you, man. This book is written for for <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, right on, man. So so take us take us through it. So um, do, do you want to? I don't want to. Don't spoil it because I want people to buy it. But uh, kind of kind of go through kind of go through a little bit yeah yeah so um well first the cover the back and the forward were done by lily forrester i don't know if you guys know lily uh she's got a really incredible story that has been told on all sorts of podcasts her boyfriend was murdered by uh, drug cartels and stuff really crazy story you can read all about it and, is she is she the one down in mexico yes yes Oh, I've heard her story. I just didn't catch her name. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Lily's a great agorist. Her and I work together on all sorts of projects, and uh, she's involved in an anarcho. Was it uh, anarchopoco? And an anarchopoco. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, an anarchopoco. Right. Okay. Yes, yes. So she helped with a lot of that stuff. Um, and then the book is just divided. I divide it into four sections. So the first section is is what we believe, right? And uh, it's sort of meant to give an idea of everything that anti-political thinkers uh, accept. So I've got readings from Sam Konkin, Carl Hess, Per Byland, Gandhi. Um, yeah, and then the second section is, is what we oppose. So everything that anti-politics yeah. rejects. This one's about like elections, taxes, political parties. So we've got Emma Goldman in there talking about elections, Frank Chodorov, um, Sam Konkin again, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me. And then the third section is titled uh, in theory and the fourth section, the last section is titled in practice. So the, the, the okay. the theoretical section, the third section is really about like anti-politics in theory. So uh, Murray Bookchin is in there. I don't know if you guys know who Murray Bookchin is sort of a, uh, he wasn't a libertarian by any means. He was like a left wing thinker, but he rejected political participation and, uh, I've got his justification for that in there. Benjamin Tucker's in there talking about passive resistance, which is how he prefers things. Tolstoy is in here, uh, one of my favorite mm, thinkers. Like oh man, yeah. he's he's you know you don't get any better than Leo Tolstoy. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Um, yeah, he he's got this great. I get this great selection from Tolstoy from. Uh, his larger essay, Letter to a Hindu, where he, he he basically tells the Indians, this is in the first half of the 20th century, he tells the Indians, it's you who have enslaved yourselves to the British because you accept violence as the final arbiter 
of authority, right? And it's just this brilliant essay. I loved it. So I had to throw it in there. How big is his brain, man? How big oh, was man. it? That was, you know, like, it's huge. It's a huge statement. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah. And if you read Tolstoy, it's like every sentence is like that, right? It's like every sentence yeah. you have to like stop and like spend like 20 minutes meditating on. But um, I really tried to use Tolstoy to try to tell the story of Gandhi and, uh, you know, how he was able to use the salt satyagraha tax evasion to sort of subvert and undermine the British colonial authorities and how that sort of led to the extrication of the British from India. And that's the final section of the book. Uh, the, the fourth section is, is about anti-politics and practice. So we talk about Gandhi and how he got the British out. We talk about um, Rosenstrasse. I don't know if you guys know what Rosenstrasse is, but it's this really the only the only example of successful civilian resistance against the Nazi regime was done by a group of women, and it's, it was all based on on civil disobedience and, and stuff like that. Mm. So it's a really great story, really amazing stuff. And then, of course, you know, I've got some selections from Martin Luther King talking about civil disobedience and uh, Gandhi, of course, and, and just all all sorts of stuff. So. Those that's are the cool. four sections of the book, and that's just the way I, I decide to break it down to hopefully sort of. That seems good. Yeah, just to hopefully try to construct like a narrative, you know. Where can so, we get it? So did, yeah, yeah. Where can we get it? Fortunately, I was. My Did plan was oh. to. I'm sorry, you guys hear me? I got a little notification. You're good now. For, yeah, it was just for a, for a second or two. It was like weird. Okay. Good now. Yeah, my plan was to buy like, I have like an office full of books. I was going to buy like a thousand books and then just stick them in envelopes and ship them out to the UPS guy. But ends up being that Amazon is much more cost efficient. So uh, as much as I didn't want to do business with Bezos and has, oh yes, I got libertarians yelling at me for doing business with <laughs> Bezos now, but. Dude, you money. have to live in this world, man. You have to live yeah. in this world. You have to. You know, you I, to I, I, to I get, I get it. I mean, nobody. I mean, there's, there's not one of us that's pure, bro. I mean, that's, that's, that's biblical too. I know. You know what I mean? Like, it's there's not one righteous, and so we just kind of, you got to live in this world, and and uh, you're not going to catch hate from us for using Amazon, man. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of libertarians. I, I, I like probably, that. I give them way too much money too. Same here. Same. So it's, it's, on it. it's on it. It gets you with the convenience. Yeah. It's on Amazon. I'm gonna go ahead and look that up. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It's on paperback, so, it's on ebook, and too. So okay. So whenever whenever you were like putting the ideas for this book together, did you just draw from like the, the arsenal of knowledge that you had and the different subjects that you were into? Or did you take time off to research? different avenues to put it together have that work the creative process well i had an idea where i was going with it i had an idea of like the thinkers that i wanted to use the different essays and articles and authors um i wasn't sure how i was going to put it all together but i think once i started the project it's sort of everything kind of like fell into place you know that that sort of happens sometimes That's you know yeah. there's an art to that yeah <laughs> really. good luck uh capturing it and you did yeah. so <laughs> yeah 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 it actually honestly i'm really happy with the way it came out it really sort of flows nicely so I'm, I'm i'm definitely pleased with the final final outcome well good man so what was your um so what was the i don't know kind of this is a kind of kind of the piggyback on what gumbo asked what was your process for uh selecting the works that you that you put into this book yeah well i knew i wanted to like go in those four sections so like anti-politics yeah. what we believe what we oppose uh in theory and then in practice because i wanted to sort of show people like here's what it is here's what it's not like i wanted to lay everything out on the line like here's what it is here's what it's not 
here's you know the theoretical stuff here's the practical stuff here's everything you can you can need also part of it was i wanted to lay out like a foundational book for agorism to sort of give people like the background info like i i think if you read this book you'll understand you'll understand where Konkin was coming from where he was where, yeah. like that sort of uh, wellspring of information that he used in creating agorism right so like if you put yeah. all these different thinkers together and all their ideas i think in the end you get Konkinian counter economics and that sort of is another goal that i was going for here a book like so, this is so important for us in in a world where so much of this is is hidden from our from our from our eyes and on a routine basis right you're not going to find this stuff in the public education system you're not going to find this stuff in a private education system you most home schools don't even know what agorism is you know you're not going to find it so so for you to be able to take this work and put it together and make it available for somebody to find it in one stop and then at least you know grab their imagination and help them you know steer them in a direction where they can find more information and grow and get smarter and better at, you know, all of the stuff, you know? Yeah. That, that, that's, I think it's so important right now. That's sort of like, um, that's sort of what I'm going here for. And I'm really pleased that it's, it's the book's doing well. I'm, I'm right now it's the number one, uh, new release in like three categories, anarchism, radical thought, and political freedom or some other one. So people are digging it and I'm happy, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm hoping that it gets, a wider audience, like even like today, maybe like the next month, like it only gets only going to hit the liber the libertarian market, but maybe in ten or twenty years, some status picks it up, you know, hopefully, and, and that converts them. Bro, it's published, you know. Yeah, it's it's on the it's on the public record, so to speak. Yeah, like, there's just like it's not going away now. Yeah, and yeah. so right, and that's you know you one know, of the things. Know, even if it's slow, even if it's slow in the next couple of years, it could you never know what could trigger events in the future to blow this thing up and and really really wet people's appetite. Well, that's you know one you of know. the things Rothbard said is that writing a book is sort of like sticking a message in a bottle and tossing it in the ocean, and you just sort yep. of hope somebody reads it. So, yeah, think about it like when you're a kid and you're at that thrift store or the record store, and you pull that one CD from that band you never heard of. And you liked it because of the cover right. and you listen to it and it's like your favorite now, you know, what exactly I mean? who knows who will find it that, in the future. That's what I'm hoping for here. You know, so oh, you, no, just, no. you just described how I discovered MXPX when I was in high school. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, this, this, these guys look cool. This is a great little stick figure guy with, you know, X's all over the place. Let's listen to this yeah. punk rock, yeah. you know, yeah, it was good. Yeah. So, so I was going to ask you, Sal, so did you have to make any adjustments in your stance and your thought process with, with agorism whenever you had when you're almost complete with the body of work and you had the order of everything what, did you still feel the same about everything or did you have to make any adjustments on where your stance was with it or honestly i felt even stronger about it honestly stronger than ever before because um and i'm not trying to toot the book's horn or anything like that but like the final section um I think it really hits you. I, I think when you read, like, if you read the final, like the, the, the fourth section, if you read the book from the entirety, the last section in particular is like really, I designed it in a way that it's really going to hit you, like hit it home. Good. So it, it, it's sort of like, it's designed to hit you like a brick wall. And I think that um, it even had that effect on me, you know, reading some of these thinkers, it's like, man, like the way, like Martin Luther King, certainly he might've been not been in any, he was no Rothbardian, but like the way he delivers these sermons, it's very powerful. And when he talks about civil yeah. disobedience in the context of like 
the Bible and he tells these stories from, from the Bible. It's just, it's very powerful stuff, you know, and then Gandhi giving these speeches before a crowd of 10,000 revolutionaries talking about tomorrow I might die and, you know, carry on the revolution. It like gives you chills running up your, your spine, you know, yeah. just to like read this stuff. And I'll, that's why I said, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. And that, in that fourth section, you talked about, uh, you know, the putting it all into practice. I think that's probably one of the areas where we struggle the most with our message. Um, for sure. In, in the Liberty community no is like, how do you, you know, it's all great philosophy, right? All of it. And we can, we can probably corner people with philosophy all day long and even win people over and go, you know what? You're right, man. Yeah. Life, liberty, and property. That's the way to go. But what are you, how are you going to get there? And then you go, well, uh, 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 I don't know. But so if you, if you've got, if you've got this thing where, you know, where it gives us some application, right. Some and like real world practice on the, on the back of the book, I have this little blurb here and it basically says exactly that. It's like, just to summarize, libertarian ideas are like so great. Right. So then why do so many remain chained by so few is what I said. And yeah. I think the answer is that we've had this really awful strategy, Right. And it's yeah. and it's not just one. Right. It's we've had a several failed strategies. And I think the point, hopefully the point that I make is that a lot of these are not only inefficient, but a lot of them are counterproductive. Um, mm. Something that Konkin stresses is that, you know, we sort of we're not doing ourselves any favors by uh, engaging politics. We, we really should be yeah. focusing on engaging the market as opposed to the political arena. And I think that that sort of it's something that I think it's almost inescapable. And if you really think about it long and hard enough, I think it's inescapable. And I think if you, if you look at the, the current events now with, with the, uh, you know, coronavirus and, and how everybody's freaking out about the next round. And I'm just saying from a, from a practical application, uh, real world experience right now, you know, black and gray markets there, that's going to be the only option. A lot of us are going to have here real soon. Um, and it's kind of scary to say it like that because I don't know a lot of people are ready ready to hear that. But uh, if if this is going the way the state wants it to go, and they're going to mandate vaccines and they're going to start uh, holding people accountable and going door to door and you know you know sell Girl Scout cookies slash you know coronavirus vaccines, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you, you know you're you're gonna you're gonna uh, have to make some serious decisions as to what kind of life do you want to live? Maybe you, maybe you can't live in suburbia and shop at Albertsons, yeah. man. Maybe, maybe you're going to have to figure something else out. And that's, that hits close to home for a lot of us. So having a book out there that, that kind of highlights that and gives us some, some practical application for what might be coming real world for us right now. Well, I think is great. well, I mean, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, you're talking about like uh, uh, this, this sort of how like, people like depending on where you live, you might not be able to live in suburbia much longer. My own mother was telling me, cause she's back still, she's still back up in Jersey. And she was telling me how at uh, her job, you have to either get vaccinated or you have to have a COVID test like every three days or something like that. And like a lot yeah. of people are talking about retiring early and like leaving the state and it's, it's getting really, really hairy. But to your original point about how like <clears throat> pretty soon we're all, we're all going to be reliant on the, the black and gray markets look at this coronavirus vaccine when it first came out people turned exactly to the black market it was it was these fake vaccine passports that everybody fell back on of course everybody i would get a million dms about hey where can i find a, a fake a fake vax passport a fake vax card which of course i would never help anybody out with or anything like that 
Well, that's that's still that's that's illegal, Sal. No, I would never, never do anything like that. You can DM me on Twitter, (laughs) but um, my point here is that nobody turned to the Republican Party. They didn't turn to the Democratic Party. They didn't turn to the Libertarian Party. They didn't start knocking on doors, right? They turned to the black and gray market, and that's where they always turn in times when times get tough. It's so important that people understand that because we're going to be regulated out of the legal methods. You know, I say with quotes, right? And uh, not, you know, and I, and I, maybe somebody's listening to the show who's not completely sold, um, you know, on on the liberty message. You know, I, I got a lot of Christians uh, friends that listen to this show that aren't technically they they don't they they think it's cool that we have a podcast, but they don't they don't believe a lot of this stuff. But I'm talking to my Christian friends right now. Hey guys, you're you're gonna as Christians, you're gonna have to make this decision too. Uh, well, they the already markets, are making the decision. Think about yeah, think, yeah. a lot of these um, religious services have been forced underground. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, we saw in New York City the NYPD was rounding up Jewish religious services, and the 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 uh, Christian masses, they all stopped or they went underground. And the same thing is true yeah. of all these different religious services. Yeah. They actually yeah. started to hold them in bars and like, yeah. like places where like the government Wasn't wouldn't it, find out about Didn't like Las Vegas lost. Didn't they uh, weren't churches in Las Vegas renting convention, like convention halls in casinos because they wouldn't shut down casinos, but they shut down churches. So they would hold churches in the casinos. And, 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 it was something like that, wasn't and, it? It and, was crazy. And yeah. you, you would know more about this than I than I would, but isn't that also true of the early Christians? Weren't they also forced yeah. oh, underground yeah. With, yeah. to hold mass in the Roman times? So there's there's a there's a in in a radical Christian history, because it is a radical history, um, Christianity spread like a wildfire because it was forced underground. And because it was forced underground, it ran like roots underground and just kind of popped up in home churches all throughout Europe and all throughout, you know, uh, what do they call that near the near East, you know, yeah. uh, the middle East and whatnot. And, and, uh, you know, Ethiopia as well. Right. So it, it, it flourished under persecution. Now nobody wants to be persecuted, right? That's obvious, but, uh, this was before Constantine, you know, united the, the, or, uh, converted the, the Roman empire to, uh, Catholicism and all that stuff. And, and, These are your early churches. And yeah. consider the efficiency at, with, at, at which the, or those, those early Christians spread the message yeah. through voluntary means, and you compare that yeah. with the lack of efficiency with which Christianity was spread during the Crusades, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. so we have this sort and of you see, yeah. dichotomy you right You see the that. dichotomy, yeah. yeah. You, see, you see this voluntary underground, you know, uh, very agorist, uh, you know, mindset in spreading the gospel through through the you know, through the world. And then you have this very statist, you know, by the sword. Yeah. Forced conversion. It, it's, you know, it's, you know, at Agora yeah. Threads, we sell a t-shirt that says um, socialism. It has a guy pointing a gun at another guy and it says ideas so good, oh, yeah. they have to be mandatory. So it's like any idea <laughs> that you have, if you have to force someone at gunpoint to adopt it, they aren't likely yeah. to like think that you have their best interest in mind. Right. But if you, yeah. If you tell them, hey, like, I'm trying to persuade you, here's the reasonable, rational argument that a logical person would, would, would understand it to be, then I think you have a much better chance of getting through to people. And that's sort of the whole point of agorism, right? I like right, it. right now you have the political wolves asking different states, we'll give you money if you take this, this new vaccine. Yeah. That's, you know, think about that. Like, wh- what's going to happen? What's the next phase? What's the next step? How many of these are going to re- be required to take? Or that's it's... why um, I think you and I are in a particularly well positioned here in uh, Florida because that, yeah. we have um, DeSantis has passed 
know, laws or executive orders or edicts, mandates, whatever. They can't do that shit to us. Sorry, pardon my French. They can't mandate any of that stuff on us. Um, yeah, that's crazy. For, 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 that's awesome, man. But I mean, you got it. You got a guy in the in you know in government. You know, yeah, I know. That well, you. that's instead the whole of just instead of just living free, right. right? Instead of just letting people, and live. that's the whole point. And you know, the truth is, even when I was up north before I moved to Florida, I'd never, I wasn't wearing a mask. I never, I didn't, I didn't wear a mask anywhere I went. I've never worn a mask to this day. And people are like, well, how did you do that? You know, living five minutes from New York City. Well, I traded with my neighbors and people I knew and, and local merchants who knew me for years and. I didn't go into the major corporate shopping centers and Dude, stuff like that. I just want to be a fly that follows you around. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just kind of observes your, was your daily behavior, you know, it, when it, with this stuff. It was interesting because multiple yeah. times the cops would come. I've had several instances oh, really? where the security guards are chasing you around the stores and shit like that. But, you know, now here in Florida, I don't deal with any of that stuff. Um, um, good for you. Yeah. Uh, the rest, the rest of the uh, country is in for a rude awakening because I'm pretty sure they're going to lock it all back down again. Oh, for sure. I, I, I think they already they're halfway there. I mean, isn't that the case out yeah. in uh, California? Or, well, I know they did the mask mandates in LA County, and uh, you know, I'm down in San Diego, and so the expectation is is usually, um, you know, I'm pretty new here. We just I just moved here within the last few months, right? So I'm still trying to figure out the lay of the land. Uh, with with regard to this kind of stuff but everybody seems to say that once la county does it give it about two to four weeks and then san diego county does it you know it's just kind of like a follow, yeah. kind of a yeah. follow the leader kind of thing and i think it's similar up north you know san francisco once san francisco and the greater bay area does it then the rest of northern california kind of follows suit within a few that's weeks. how it is uh back home too once once something happens in manhattan then it goes to the five boroughs the other four boroughs and then new york new jersey connecticut and the rest of the tri-state area they all fall like yeah. you know like you said dominoes yeah yeah brother but i'm telling you arizona's only two and a half hours away dude you know what i mean <laughs> i'll tell you i think a lot of californians are thinking like you're thinking yeah it's only two and a half hours away, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm telling you, I know a ton of Californians who are looking just, that you way. Just hop, just just hop on the Ocho and head east. Yeah. And just go. I ate <laughs> all the way through. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But uh, yeah, man. So that's we're. So what is, is that? So that's the. Uh, what are the odds you think on that? Do you think we're gonna see a lockdown, Gumbo? You mentioned that, and I and I and I think uh, we have the mask mandates, but there hasn't been a lot of threat as far as people staying home. Yeah, at least, so, at least so, over here in California. So my spidey senses tell me yes. I hope I'm wrong, but it just seems that way. You know, they just kind of got you got to call it like you see it, and they're gonna milk it. They're gonna push it. Yeah. And, uh, see how far they can get with it. This is like the. Uh, it's almost like it's the. It's the t- test run. For what is to come, the the shape of things to come, as what they was, say. What was the meme that I saw? It says we're gonna. We're going to do all the things that didn't work the first yes, time. Yes, yes. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's going to work this time. Well, for sure. It's like, <clears throat> I mean, my own take on all this is that I'm much more cynical than the average person is. I really think that a lot of this was manufactured so as to give the central bank an excuse to come up with all the stimulus money because the bank, the central bank, the banking cartel knows that they're in a pinch. And they need excuses to print as much money as possible to keep their Ponzi scheme alive. And what better excuse than, 
hey, you have to shut your business down, but don't worry, you have us benevolent politicians to give you all this stimulus money. Now that you see they're talking about um, extending again the uh, eviction uh, moratorium. So that expires this weekend. And Biden is calling on Congress to extend it for another month so that nobody can be evicted. And it's like, they can only keep this game up for so long, right? So another- I should probably do some research into that. Every time that they inject, they do this, this injection of, 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 of liquidity, every single time yeah. they try to tamp down the price of crypto and precious metals and hard assets. But every time they do that, the effect of the stimulus gets wears off a little bit and eventually it'll have, it will be completely useless. And you're and at that point, you're dealing with a hyperinflationary situation. And that's when you're, 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 you know, the things that people like us have been talking about for years, that's when it, it sort of comes to fruition. Black and gray market. I think you're right, yeah. man. It's, it's probably built into the plan. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. And I said that back in like March, I got and in I trouble. I say plan. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I, I mean, not cool in a good way, but like, I don't know. That's, that's, uh, I've had those same thoughts, but I, you know, I've not really voiced them because, you know, people, enough people think I'm crazy. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I've given up on people. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks I'm crazy at this point. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, that just highlights even more. So the importance of the information contained in your book. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I definitely I need to get it and I need to teach myself. How to well, I mean, think about it like you're not going to uh, reverse this stuff, you know, by engaging, you know, you're not going to you're not going to reverse these COVID mandates by engaging your local city council. Right. Or, or no, you're not, or by running for, uh, you know, county comptroller or something like that. They don't care about the about those positions. It's not going to It really. It's, it, and look, I'm I'm your heart is in the right place. I'm with you, but it's important that we direct those energies into avenues that are efficient and, and, and well-focused. And I think to, to do that, I think check out anti-politics because I think it, it's, it's hopefully going to help steer you in the right direction. That's good. I'm gonna get that book. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, I, that's, that's all I wanted to ask about the book. Let's talk about other stuff. Yeah. Man. You know, so what's, uh, we kind of went off a little bit on a tangent with this with this coronavirus stuff. Um, so, what about this? Is it is it the Pfizer vaccine that's telling us we need a third shot now? I mean, I'm so glad I got uh, I got vaccinated with all three of them. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I'm Me so too. glad. I'm so glad I got all three of those vaccines. I'm good now, solid set. But uh, you might need a few more though, because now all the vaccinated people went from being heroes to being super spreaders. So I I think I think that's sort of interesting how it's like. Get the vaccine for your life is back to normal. And now, as soon as the politicians change their mind, nope, you got the vaccine for nothing now, you know? What's that, hey, yeah, what's that the, saying? The, Die a hero or see yourself become the, yeah, enemy yeah. Or the, the villain or something hey, like that? Yeah. The, the yeah. Delta variant is because of the unvaccinated. But now they're saying so many people are vaccinated that's affecting the, those that are not vaccinated. Right, right. Which one is it? Right. I mean, it makes no I sense. Hate, you know, they, they should issue NFTs for each each booster shot you get. You know what I'm saying? Like you can collect them all, like Pokemon. That's pretty good. <laughs> Don't tempt me. We can do that. We can <laughs> we can set we can set that up. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm playing Pokemon Go to get that new Sixter or whatever it's called. <laughs> can I see your vaccine passport? Yeah, it's an NFT. Let me open my wallet. <laughs> That's funny. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. So was so there was a study out, or what was it? Uh, I read an article today. Who was it that posted it? 
it might have been Pete. He tweeted something out, and I dug a little bit off of what what he what he uh, what he tweeted. But Israel um, found. I'm going to butcher this, man. I hope I don't. I'm running off of memory here, and it's not strong. The uh, that they're they're having a resurgence in their in their COVID. Uh, you know, they're having a COVID spike, right? And they're finding that that a lot of the repeat cases are vaccinated, and and like almost none of the repeat. Uh, cases have natural or are from natural immunity, right? So if you if you got it the first time, I know how am I saying it wrong? I'm saying it wrong, dude. I'm butchering this, but it's like vaccinated people are getting the the virus in Israel, but people who already had the virus have a natural immunity and aren't getting it. Well, go figure. Go figure. Well, well it, pa- it passes through your system and uh, you're you're yeah, dead. It's something like that, and I I butchered that, dude. I'm sorry. We shouldn't even talk about it now. Did, did you guys see though that that speech that the Israeli Prime Minister gave? Um, no. Oh man, you got, it's so bad. He was like basically saying how um, the the vaccine holdouts, the people who haven't gotten one, are ruining Israeli society, and they're making it so that it's oh. dangerous to go to the movies and to be with your family. And these people must be punished. What are we going to do with them? Uh, and it's getting really, really ugly uh, over there, which is ironic because you think of all people to be cognizant. These are Jews. Yeah, you think these are Jews. Yeah, like they've been put through the ringer. You think they'd be cognizant of that kind of stuff. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, man. That's what I mean. Yeah. And then that, it's like, yeah. And then you know, another yeah. one I heard that sort of going down that same path was um, so uh, those. I, I don't know. However, you qualify for being you know, in Germany, there are certain classes of people they want to be quarantined, and if you re- if you refuse the quarantining, guess where they send you. The camp, your camps. The I camp. saw that. That's, the camp. that's racist. It's like, do they have like zero? Like they don't, they don't have a mirror. Yeah, you know, they're not seeing. They can't. Hey, they can't see what they're doing. Like it, it, it blows my mind. All this, all this stuff that's taken place over the past couple of years, and what's happening right now, and so many people, they they don't question it at all. They just go right along with it. I, how? I mean, how? I mean, I'm look. I, it's been a long time since I was in school, but when I was a kid, it was like, don't forget it. You know, you don't want this to happen again. You know, remember the past. Yeah. And now it's just like, yeah. we need concentration camps and like. Yeah. So <laughs> when you when you raise generation after generation in the public indoctrination system, right? They they learn to look at daddy government as that as daddy yep. government and that then they need they need it yeah and, yeah. and you know from a, from, a, time, yeah. from a spiritual perspective again I you know this is I I, I, I weave this in every once in a while um, we are creatures of worship we will worship something we have it encoded in our body to be to worship and you know for me obviously my I worship my God the Creator of the universe okay but if you don't have that you're going to find something else. And if you've been raised by the state, that's your God. True. You know, and that's, that's, that, that's the way I see it. And, and it, it should be no surprise that they removed prayer from school and replaced it with the Pledge yep. of Allegiance, right? They, they mm-hmm. want to be your God, right? They want to yep. be the, the, your, your, all, your almighty being. And that's sort of one of the major tricks that they've always played, right? Any student of history could tell you trick one for any politician is to, you know, try to uh, conflate yourself with the God, right? That's what the Pharaohs did. It's what the Roman emperors did. That's why we have politicians on coins and stuff like that, rather than, you know, religious figures or or something like that. Yeah. We have monuments in Washington, DC to these people, you know, like it's uh, you know, they, they, they carved faces on a, on a rock up in 
was it North Dakota, South Dakota, one of those places. As they right? as like, they're tearing you know, down these uh, religious monuments. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, you know when when we talk about when we talk about the you know the the framers and the founders or whatever, we all have different opinions, and and I think we probably align ourselves pretty close. Um, there's a lot of good things those guys thought up, you know, uh, but they're, but they're very complicated people, you know, just like us, yeah. you know, they, they're, they're flawed. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they should not be deified. There's enough in their life to where, to where they, you know what, man, uh, George Washington probably wasn't as awesome as everybody. <laughs> right, right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like he was probably, he's a pretty good general. You know, pretty good general. Good for him. Right. You know, but he's probably kind of more of like uh, maybe not not such a great dude, at least by our standards today, you know, so. Yeah. And it's interesting how like that becomes so much more evident from the perspective of Christian anarchism and how they're that school of, of, of the libertarian community is so much more adept at recognizing that sort of indoctrination, that sort of like deification of the individual. Well, we, we are so on guard, uh, you know, to protect ourselves against uh you know, idolatry, right? We don't want, we don't want to fall into that sin because that's such a, such a terrible thing that once you go down that road and you start replacing God with, with other things, it's just, it's a slippery slope. And next thing you know, you don't even recognize yourself, you know? Yeah. And going back to, so, so go ahead. So th this is fresh in my brain. Sorry, Sal. So I'm going through the King James version Bible right now. I'm listening to the audiobook every morning, every, every afternoon. And I, I just got, got through Chronicles and what happens in Chronicles, the same scenario over and over. God gives power to somebody. They do okay. They screw up. They die. Yeah, dude. And it, it yeah. And <laughs> sound familiar? <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's it. But uh, I mean, even whenever they're doing what they're supposed to, they might get smoked because it's about God. But but anyway, it, it's similar to the to the conversation. Yeah, we're gonna mess up. We're gonna mess yeah. up. Yeah. And that's like, <clears throat> going back to what we were saying about Tolstoy, right? That's like that's one of the joys of mm -hmm. reading Tolstoy. That's what he's so good at pointing out is like the infallibility of like the individual and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's important. And so we, when we asked that question, what, what brought us up is, uh, you know, why are, why are people so ready to accept all these dictates from the state? It's because that's their God, man. You know, and you'll get people who are like cultural Christians will deny it, you know, but that's their God. And, and I mean, they, they, they won't admit it, but that's their, they, they know the pledge of allegiance, like the back of their hand. They recite it every day. They, you know, they, uh, you know, that's not just a they criticism. Vote, they, ne they never miss an election and they sure have a lot of opinions about the politicians and probably know more about them than they do the Holy scriptures. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, let's, you know, be honest here. That's not, that, that's not just, uh, uh, applicable to Christians either. Right. Oh, um, you know, the, the Jewish state of Israel and some of these Muslim states are no friends of liberty, right? Oh, uh, yeah, true. You know, Saudi Arabia, they have a drain in the town square so they can cut your head off. You know, I just went over all the terrible things the Israeli prime minister has been up to. So, yeah. you know, it's it, it, it's a human condition, right? It's not, not a, yeah, a condition right. that affects only one religion. Oh, you're right. The difference, though, is you know in, in Christianity we have we have a savior that that, that uh, is supposed to uh, separate you know our belief in our savior separates us from all the legalism. It separates us from the from from the law. He came and he fulfilled the law so that we could be freed from the law, right? And that's uh, you know obviously you know there's there's a lot to Jesus and who who he who he is um, and what his ministry on earth was and and who he is today. 
um, as a savior and all that other stuff. Well, I guess we won't get into all of it because it, it gets kind of like, Oh man, you could do a whole episode just on yeah. that. And like yeah. the way that, that, that ended up influencing and like helping Gandhi become more spiritual yeah. and stuff. And just, yeah. I mean, very few people Here's a man. have been as influential yeah. in the 20th century as yeah. those early anarchist thinkers like Tolstoy and Thoreau and those yeah. guys. And they look at, and they look at Christ and they see, uh, you know, our savior who stood in open opposition to the established religion of the time, the Pharisees, right? The established state of the time, which was not just the, uh, you know, the Palestinian region of, of Rome, but also Rome itself, right? And, uh, and, and, and was killed because of it, right? Obviously, he rose again to defeat death and to save us from our, from our sins and all that. But, uh, you know, that, that there's a lot of stuff there that you can, you can see and go, here's, here's a guy that's supposed to be saving us from all of this. Why are we, why are we just falling right back into that same state trap? You know, I don't and know. And there's also a lesson to be learned in the sense that when resistance comes from the heart, it's most effective. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the stories I tell in anti-politics is the story of Rosenstrauss, which was a uh, German Aryan Christian uh, women, uh, ethnic German women who were married to uh, Jewish men. And these Jewish men were imprisoned by Hitler. And these Christian women just sort of uh, without any coordination, just at, at just from the base, from uh, I think she called the woman who I refer to in the book, she actually used the term resistance of the heart. She said it was, it was a resistance of the heart because if we try to coordinate and form this protest, she was, we never would have thought that it would have worked. We thought that it would have been suicidal, but we were all so mad and so upset that we just immediately showed up to this uh, collection center where they were holding the Jews. And we demanded uh, that our husbands be released and, that is, um, it was one of the only successful examples of resistance against the Nazi regime. And, you know, the, one of the points I make in the book is that think about, you know, uh, how many political attempts to stop Hitler there were, how many yeah. militaries all around the world took years at great cost. Strategically planned out. Yeah. And it like, <laughs> it took years to, to, to make any progress in stopping Hitler, but these women, who, who had, were not even armed, didn't have a gun on them. They were able to uh, get their rights back and get their liberty back by using nonviolent resistance. And I think that is, to me, is like just a, a huge indicator. That should be a light bulb. A in every, yeah, right, right, it's so powerful. It should be a light bulb in every libertarian's uh, head. And I hope that they, they get that uh, message when they, when they read that chapter. Yeah, I'm going to read it. Yeah, check we'll it out. See. I should, I, I'll probably get the message. You know? <laughs> I might, I might have to have my, my, my kids read, read the book to me. Yeah. You can always have me back on. I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> we're going to hey, give it a little while. We're going to have you on. We're going to have a reading session. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, why not? Yeah, that's cool. Sal's so, so cool. He's got a nice voice. He can read to us. Yeah, I like it. I like you guys it. can help me record the audio book. How about that? Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. You don't want to hear me read out loud, right? <laughs> Once upon a time, <laughs> I'd be like, what, "What's this word? What's this word? Uh, <laughs> that's the. that's the yeah. dude. That's the." Oh, okay. yeah. Well, is that it, guys? We got anything else to talk about? We went on it. We went on a ride. I like it. That was good. Yeah. yeah.
Are we good, Sal? I'm good, man. The the book is anti-politics. You guys know where to find me. I'm on all your different social media platforms at Sally Mayweather, Sally Agorist, 3D Printers, 3Printtogobur.com, 3Rs, Agora Threads. I'm obviously cryptocurrencies accepted at all those places other than Amazon for the book. But hopefully, like I said, if you want a book for crypto, shoot me a DM or a PM and I'll we'll, we'll, we'll arrange something. Sounds good. Yeah. Right on, dude. I appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and end it here. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah.